It is now time to experience the buzz. A podcast that takes an inside look at amazing people doing amazing things. Get ready for some great conversation that will be fascinating, educational, and inspiring. We will also leave room to help small businesses in a big way. Now, here's your host, entrepreneur Steve Buzzard. Hello, everyone, and once again, welcome into Experience the Buzz. Here we are doing it again. So excited to bring you today's guest. It is Kate Pohl. She is from a business that she created called The Tiny Details. And basically what she does, she'll come in, and if you're thinking of putting a party together, she is the creative force to make it happen. So we're going to dive into her story, more on her in just a moment. But right now, let's go ahead and get to what's the buzz. It's very simple. Two big things for you. Number one, the format of the show is going to kind of change just a little bit. Last week, we had my two boys on. They're better known as the Banter Bros. And it was such a great show that we're like, you know what? Let's just make it a segment. So you are going to hear from Kate. You're going to hear her stories. And that is going to be in the first two segments. But then in the third and final segment, we're going to hear from the Banter Bros. That's right. We're going to bring them back. And today we're going to be talking uh, basketballs. The Kings have a new coach. We're going to talk about uh, Nikola Jokic as the MVP. And then we are going to get into movies, Marvel, Batman. Uh, There's definitely a hot take on that. Number two, uh, today represents show number 86, which means we are closing in our 100th show. That's right. So you kind of do your quick math there. That's about three and a half months away. And uh, we had an idea to do a live show. So I'm putting it out there in the Experience the Buzz universe that we are looking to do a live show. Honestly, we have just talked about it, me and my producer, Michael, and uh, we're not sure how it will look, but we're going to give it a go because with this platform, I think it's important to be able to kind of expand your horizons and who knows we might have something great uh, I have an idea of bringing on you know any of our hundred guests that we've had on so far so there's lots of ideas that are flowing through the air but we did want to make it concrete that we were going to do a live show for our hundred shows so be sure to stay tuned for that we'll keep plugging that as we get closer now to our guest Kate Pohl the tiny details we're going to get her story today she is amazing I have worked with her on three different occasions for kid birthdays that I have hosted, and I just love her passion for what she does. Literally, the title of her company or the name of her company says it all, okay? It's not just party garb, right? It's just got flair to it, and it's got personal touch that Kate is going to explain. So without further ado, let's just get to it. It's Kate Pohl, The Tiny Details. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome in, everyone. It is Experience the Buzz, another weekly edition coming your way where we highlight entrepreneurs, small business owners, and just personalities of the greater Sacramento area. And so this has been a lot of fun. We're closing in on 100. We got actually a special announcement about our 100 show that'll be coming up in a few weeks, amongst other things. But today's guest, I'm very excited to bring on board Kate Pohl. She is is of the tiny details and it says it all in the name the best way to describe her i like how she says it on her instagram and her website is custom decor for theme parties events and celebrations and she is serving the greater sacramento area kate welcome to experience the buzz 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be okay, here. Okay, so I, I have to ask, have you ever been on a podcast? I have never been on a podcast. So go okay. easy on me. I'm slightly terrified, mostly excited. So we're good. I mean, it's good. My daughter, uh, I was telling her, what am I going to do? I've never been on a podcast. What could I possibly talk about? And she goes, mom, just be yourself. You're awesome. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) And you know what? Okay. That's what I'll do. She's exactly right. And that is just be yourself. And as I told you before we came on, it truly is a conversation. The great thing is you and I have had the opportunity to work together on three occasions, I think, now that I've uh, counted. But uh, maybe just for the people out there, they hear your name, Kate Pohl. Uh, although you never use your last name. It's always Kate from the Tiny Details, which I love. Can you describe for everybody, in your words, what your business is all about? Yes. So... The Tiny Details is a design business that creates custom crafts for events and celebrations. But more than that, it's about thoughtfulness. It's about celebrating somebody um, and making them feel really special and unique and thought of. I love that because you hit it on the head. I think that's exactly what I got from you. So I'm gonna go ahead and the first party we did was a basketball theme party, which was very cool for the McDonald family. Uh, and then we did art, like everybody was doing art. You did a great job that for the Hunt family. And then we finished it off. The last one we did was kind of an arts and crafts thing with a seashell theme for the Simonowskis. So those are yes. all local families. And of all course, you're serving the families. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just enamored by it because obviously this is you with your creative juices just flowing. So I think the first obvious question for me, at least, is how did you get into this? Because obviously it was in you, but then you made it into a business. And that's how usually small business owners start is they have that idea and passion and then they turn it into a business. Yes. So I guess I would technically say the tiny detail started in 2007, which sounds like so long ago. And it, it didn't obviously start as a business, but I've always been really thoughtful And one of the things I started doing just creatively was creating these items called the day you were. So the day you were born, the day you were married, the day you graduated. And when people would have these, um, you know, big events in life, I always looked at the details and I thought, well, what happened on that day? I mean, aside from it being a really special day for you, what else was going on? So it usually would be like someone would have a baby and I would go and grab a local newspaper and I would cut out the highlights of the day. What was the weather like? What was, you know, the big sports uh, event and what was going on with the stock market? What did things cost? And I would highlight all of those things and put them into a frame and then get a picture of this new baby and put it together and give them as gifts. And everyone thought that was so creative and thoughtful and I just loved giving that. And I never thought I could turn it into a business and um, eventually it did, but um, I just used my creativity in that way. And, um, And then it kind of just unfolded over the years basically applying my thoughtfulness just in a different way. 
Okay, so let's take it to that point where you decided, oh, this could be a business because that was one idea. But I'm telling you, when people have the opportunity to hit your website, which is the tinydetails.com or go on the Insta your Instagram, which is the underscore tiny underscore details, they will truly get the visual. Like, I think it's hard to capture right here. We're going to talk about it, but I think to take it to that next level, people need to see what it is that you are really bringing to life. So when did you then decide, okay, I can make this a business? Well, honestly, fear held me back for a long time. Um, I wanted to go for it. And back in 2007, there wasn't Etsy or Pinterest in the same way. Like Pinterest didn't come out until after that and Etsy was just kind of starting. Um, now it's crazy saturated, which is awesome. But, um, you know, I thought, oh, I'm really gonna go for this. And then I would just stop and freeze and go, nobody would wanna hire me. This, is, this isn't really, you know, this is a nice gift, but I don't know the value in this. And finally, right around 2019 on New Year's Eve, I told myself, 2020 is gonna be my yes year. I'm gonna go for it. I mean, my kids were just out of the infant stage, so you know, I was sleeping more through the night, and I thought, I'm gonna do things that bring me joy and my passion projects. So I said, I'm gonna say yes to everything. So 2020 hits, and I'm in yes mode. And then a friend asked me to go to Canada. I had never left my children. Yes, I'm going to Canada. And then I get back from Canada. We all know what happens. So <laughs> um, the beauty in 2020 is the pause. So it really kind of made me sit and realize, okay, I, I like that I've been very stable. I like that I've had the nine to five job. And I like that I've really made being a mom a priority. Um, aside with, with work, but what do I really want to do? And what I really want to do is make others feel really valuable, heard, special, um, and celebrated. And with my creative talents, that's what I want to do. So I said, this is my yes year. I'm going to go for it. And like I said, the beauty in 2020 really was sort of the pause. And so there wasn't a pressure that I had always thought that there was. You know, I could slowly build this. I could make it whatever I wanted to in this time. I could sit, I could focus. Um, and so that's what I did, really. So Kate, you bring it to life. And I, okay, I'm just gonna share some ideas. I'm just gonna like the latest ones you've done. I'm just gonna go, I went right through your Instagram account and I remember where you started. And we're actually gonna talk about social media because that was another thing that I know that you were trying to figure out like, how do I get this across? And and I even advised you, I said, listen, you gotta put your you there because you are the brand that really brings this to life. So emoji party, first birthday, reptile birthday, Disneyland, scavenger hunt. One of my favorites, the 90s hip hop, where you had things that said, I came to get down, jump around, jump around, jump around. Everyone's got that. Stir sticks, holidays, which I know are big for you, escape room, Miami Vice theme, baby showers, paintball party, craft party, Peter Pan, Christmas in July. So it's like there's nothing that is untouched for you, is there? No, but when you say it like that, that's pretty cool. I like everything that I've done. Yes. Um, it's fun. So much fun. And 
I just love being so creative. There, the beauty of it is that it's unlimited. So yes, we can do anything. And uh, sometimes people say, well, do you have to stick to a certain theme? Like my son likes X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, no, let's do it all. So a good example was there was a child who was having a golden birthday. Do you know what a golden birthday is? Yeah, isn't that uh, like I was born on May 11th and I'm turning 11, correct? Right. So it was his golden birthday. So everything was going to be golden. But he also wanted sharks and he also wanted Legos. So I think traditionally people would say, okay, well, you've got to pick one. Like you either have a shark party or you have a Lego party or you do the gold thing and, you know, just pick one thing. Right. And I, I was like, no, this is amazing. We're going to do gold Lego sharks. Like I'm going to make sharks out of Legos and spray paint them gold. This is everything. Like it's so much fun. So um, I think that's what I love most about my job is just being so creative. So the huge thing is like, take us through the process, right? So you go to your website, we're looking and it's like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. I want to get in touch with Kate. And I want to find out what she can do for a, whatever, a theme party. What is that process like? Cause I have, I know you have different ways in which you can basically put everything together, hand it over party in a box, I guess is the best way to say it, or you come and you set everything up. So kind of take us through the process of someone who would be interested in the tiny details. Yes. So there's two parts of my business. And the first part would be if you were looking for ideas, then I would be your curator, so to speak. So um, everything from creating a theme from scratch, or if you have an existing theme, what you might need to put together. So hypothetical tablecloths, plates, cups, napkins, straws, um, all the, the details. And then the second part of my business is the actual product. So I create stir sticks, cake toppers, cupcake toppers, signage, name tags, goodie bags. Um, The beauty of that that I like so much is the custom part. I love that each kid at a birthday party gets their goodie bag with their name on it. I love that they each have a spot at the table with their name um, or initials or, you know, anything custom just like really lights me up because I know that that kid comes to the party and feels so special or just loves that it's something for specifically for them. Right. And that's good. And that, that lends to what you're talking about thoughtfulness. And I think that's what sets you apart from everybody else, because let's admit it, there's a lot of people doing similar stuff, right? And I know that's got to be, you know, it's got to be a challenge for you, but I think it's your creative force that really pushes you ahead. And then that extra layer of that thoughtfulness of personalizing everything, going the extra step, which again, lends to the name of your business to be perfect. It is about the tiny details because you could capture all these things and do it in a very, I guess, roundabout way, but that's not your style. Right. And that's, um, I mean, that is what sets me apart. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes people say, oh, you're a, you're a party planner. And I guess in some ways I am a party planner, but what I provide is a little bit different. I don't, 
you know, I'm not really arranging your catering or your food. I mean, I would tell you what your cake should look like and what cake topper to put on it and what I'll make for that. Um, but I'm not kind of doing logistics on that end. I'm really all about the tiny details. So that's, a, that's you know, I'm a little bit different from a party planner in that respect. Makes sense. Okay, so you have that consultation. The idea is drummed up. And, you know, th then what happens from there? Like, I mean, really take us through the process. That's, that's the part I love about this show is because I see the final result of like something that you would do. But I'm always curious about what, you know, when we peel back the curtain, what does it look like for Kate when she's putting all this together? I imagine it's chaos in a way, oh, but no. organized, organized chaos. <laughs> it's so much chaos. It is mm -hmm. so much chaos. Um, I really would be mortified to show you my office in the brainstorming part of, or, you know, crafting creative zone of party. Don't sweat the technique behind the scenes because um it looks like a tornado went through but that's just sort of my process and uh i i guess i i went to school for graphic design and the process that they taught you was research exploration design and implementation so the first step and i actually apply that in my real life and my real business which is sort of crazy when you think about it, but, um, I, I do the research. So if it's, it's talking to the client and really understanding them better, um, it's making sure that I address everything that they want and get to know them so that I can provide thoughtfulness. So when someone says like my kid wants a, um, I don't know, like unicorn party. I'm like, well, why do they like unicorns? What is it about that? And what color unicorns and all the who, what, where, why, when, all of those things. So I really want to understand the client. So once I can better understand what they like, then I can get to know, um, you know, what would be special and meaningful for them. So that's sort of the research area. Then what they would need or what they need for the celebration or event and um, exploring that and different options for that. And then the design is putting all of the um, items together that they would need. And then my items that I bring to the table to enhance it, cover the details, mm -hmm. and then dropping it off or setting it up. I do set right. up as well, but um, I do a lot of drop-offs too. So what, yeah, what's the percentage of people that prefer the drop-off party in the box mode to you being there to set it all up for them? <laughs> so many moms need a setup. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say, gosh, I don't know, maybe 80, 20. Okay. So, That's yeah. moms, oh. moms in, in particular, just say, I really need you to do this. And I, I love doing that too, because like one client said, I can actually shower and have a cup of coffee and walk outside and this is done for me and I don't have to worry about it. And that's kind of what all moms need. So Kate, it's very interesting that when, um, I started doing kid birthdays. So I was teaching PE in one of my very first years at St. Michael's. And I remember distinctly, I had a mom coming to me and she said, do you have any interest in hosting a birthday party? 
And I'm like, hmm, okay, what does that look like? And she simply said, listen, I don't want to do anything. I just want you to take care of the kids. And that birthed what are my kid birthday parties, which I've been doing for close to 25 years. And what's interesting is I don't know why PE, there's not more PE teachers that do this as a side hustle because it exactly, it, it speaks to what you're talking about. Moms, dads, they want to do as little as possible when it comes to the celebration and allow someone like a professional, like yourself, myself to come in and just, you know, enhance whatever that theme or activity is. That's, that's all they're looking for. Right. People do not have time. They just don't and yeah. nor do they want to do it, but they also don't have the time. So just make it easy for them. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So first segment in the books, it's Kate Pole, the tiny details. Again, I really encourage you to get the visual on this. Uh, go to the website, the tiny And by the way, she was featured on good day, Sacramento. Those are two good segments to check out. And then on Instagram, it's the underscore tiny underscore details. We'll take a break. And when we come back more coming up with Kate Pole. So here we go. All right, first segment in the books. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with Kate Pohl of The Tiny Details. Again, you can check her out, thetinydetails.com, or just go to her Instagram account at the underscore tiny underscore details. Now it's time to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to Matt, the mortgage guy, Matt Gouget, who was featured on the show here in episode number 28. Basically what he does, him and his team, is they will help you with refinancing and loans. That's their specialty. And because of Matt's YouTube presence, that's right, he is big on YouTube, over 500 episodes, 1 million viewers and growing. And all he does is he talks about you know financial education, uh, literacy, and finance, you know, home loans, everything. He kind of gives you the skinny on those questions that we might ask as a homeowner or trying to get into a loan. So he's partnered with you mortgage, but they also have that local feel and you can check them out two ways. You can go to their website at M T M G.com. That stands for Matt, the mortgage guy.com. Or you can call them up at 916-802-9291. We personally went through a refinance with Matt and his team a few months ago from beginning to finish took about a month. Best part of it. I have no problem saying this is that they were with us every step of the way. So a big thank you to Matt Gouget of Matt, the mortgage guy, proud sponsor right here on Experience the Buzz. Also want to thank Little Whale Swim School. Anya Hall is the proud owner of the Premier Swim School right here in Sacramento. It is located on El Camino Avenue. That would be 4106 near El Camino High School. Why is it the Premier Swim School? Well, first of all, great ownership, great staff. They're year-round and the facility is indoors. You know what that means, right? It's going to be a nice, cool, nice, warm temperature for you to go in and do your lessons year-round, not during the summer. And they've got lessons. Primarily, it's for the kids. You see a lot of the kids you know, in the pool and everything, but they do have adult classes as well. How do you get in touch with them? Boom, it's very simple. LittleWhaleSwim.com is their website. And on social media, they are at Little Whale Swim. So big thank you once again to Matt Gouget of Matt the Mortgage Guy and Anya Hall of Little Whale Swim School, proud sponsors of Experience the Buzz. Now let's get to our final piece of the conversation with our guest, Kate from the Tiny Details. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. 
All right, and welcome back to Experience the Buzz. It is segment number two with Kate. So, so far, I have to ask you, Kate, are you doing okay? So far, so good? I'm doing great. Awesome. Okay. I love that. See, it is fun. It is fun to be able to like talk about something that you're very passionate about. So, you know, we're talking about what you do with the tinydetails.com or tiny details, the, the business. Talk to me about the good day Sacramento segment because that was another great way to kind of get your name out there. And I'm curious because of maybe that hit, did that kind of help business a lot? Because again, you've got to find these different avenues to be able to get the word out. Yes. So, um, Lisa was the, uh, reporter that came out. She's amazing. Love her. Um, I had not a ton of notice for that and I was very new in my business and, uh, I was freaking out and I'm like, I am going to have someone here. I need to put together, you know, some parties to show a little bit about what I do how am I going to get this all together? And I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I, this is so quick and oh my gosh, it was a whirlwind. Um, but of course you just do it. You, you make it happen and you make it work and God bless my husband because it was more towards the winter and he was out cleaning the backyard, helping me doing all this, all the stuff. But, um, uh, she came out and I thought this is going to be so great. Like what wonderful exposure. This is so cool. And, um, we did, you know, the two parts and it it went well. And so then shortly after it aired and that was live and I have never, I've never been on live TV. So it shortly after it aired, my phone was just blowing up. Yes. Like so many calls. And I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. Like I just start this business and then, um, people see me and then they call and this is so amazing and I'm going to have such growth and how cool is this? And, um, I feel like you're taking me somewhere, Kate. I, I feel like there's going to be a, but <laughs> and then I look at the phone and it is from Folsom prison. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, there were, there were inmates calling. No. Yes. And so I guess the, the, the part about this is it's really good to sort of laugh at yourself and go, okay, yes. Building your business and being on, you know, having this exposure is really wonderful and it's really cool and it's fun and it's, you know, exhilarating. Does it make you an overnight success? Absolutely not. No. Did I think it was? No, but it was sort of fun to live in that like, wow, this is so cool. And so then, um, you know, it was just hilarious. And so of course my husband and his friends were calling and leaving, you know, prank calls. And then I said, this is, my business is just laughable. This is a joke, you know? Um, But of course I snapped out of it. And I just think it's like the funniest story because I have these messages and I'm like, oh boy. I can only imagine. Wow. I did, I did not expect it to go there, but that is truly a funny story. So I have to ask you, like, what, um, you know, let's go back to like your very first party. What was your very first party that you did as the owner of the tiny details? Oh man, I've, I, I've, I've done so many parties for 
friends and family, but I guess mm-hmm. technically as um, really like officially doing it for business would be f- for Jen McDonald. That was the first one. Okay. Cause yeah. I remember it had come up in conversation, but I couldn't remember if that was your actual first one. So that's cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I think it was where I was coordinating everything. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jen. Cause she is just such a big fan and I just adore her and she's so supportive. And I just, I really actually I did another party for her just this last weekend, but, well, um, but yeah, she's really great. She's a really great client. Okay. And so from there, did you just, was it going to be a, you know, obviously you got the website, you know, social media is going to be a big part of it. Did you just figure, okay, word of mouth is going to be kind of my, my big go-to. What, what was your plan in terms of getting the word out? Well, so this is my dilemma a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted, you know, there was, you and I had spoken about social media and how I need to put my face out there more. That's something I've really struggled with, but I, you know, I keep doing little posts here and there, but I really haven't fully tapped into social media. And that's something I know I need to address. In the meantime, behind the scenes, people have referred me. So it's been all word of mouth. And so I've built my business primarily on word of mouth and social media. I know will allow me to get to the next level and build my business in a, in a, much better way. But for now it feels like I'm actually doing what I want to do. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't appear that way on social media. I don't have as much that I'm posting, but behind the scenes, I'm really living it. So I feel like, okay, well, if there's a time allocation to social media, um, I'd rather allot it to the clients that I have and the people that are giving me business. So social will come. And I'll get better. And I need to get better about putting my face out there. I think that's just something that comes with me being nervous about it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get there. But. Yeah, no, and it's, it's a process, right? Because even like now having, you know, done social media for so many years, I'm always learning. You're always learning because there's always going to be that next thing, you know, first of all, there's too many platforms, right? So you got to pick your platform. That's one thing I did learn is that don't worry about going to multiple platforms. Pick one that is going to be like towards your clientele. And as you've spoken to, it's like you're busy. So you have business. So that means the strength of your business is on the word of mouth. And there's nothing wrong with that. The beauty of social media, I believe, is just that it's free advertising. You really don't have to spend a dollar uh, to kind of get your name out there and everything. And once people see you, they're going to refer you. I've done it many times. And I just think it's great that you're, you're kind of in this space where there are a lot of people. And that's the thing is like that thoughtfulness. I keep coming back to that. That's what sets you apart. And and truly the tiny details, was that an easy name to come up with as far as a business name? Yes. It just kind of came to me. I've always been in, I'm very aware and of my surroundings and I'm always looking at the details. So it seemed like a natural fit. Okay. But yeah, the beauty of social media too for for someone like me and my business is that it's sort of my portfolio. It sort of speaks mm-hmm. to what I can do because I could tell you, you know, how wonderful something will look and or how great it'll be and how the setup will be so fun and it's going to look awesome, but people don't really understand that they're visual. They need to see visuals. So for me it's good because I kind of just say, "Oh, here's like a a 
preview of what I can do. And here's what that would look like. Or here's my idea. Go check this out. And um, they have a better understanding of what I... Yeah, I think you're nailing it. Because I, I was... You know, look at a certain thing. There was one that you had done early on where you kind of showed the process of how you do a DIY. It was for something. I forget exactly what it was, but I'm like, okay, that was cool because I'd never, you know, it, everyone's brain kind of works differently and stuff. But for like your space, understanding what you do, I think that's what, I don't know. I feel like that's what's going to give you more power and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Just does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think I should maybe show, I don't know how interested people are and maybe, um, you know, that's what I need to survey. My yeah. Followers. I think, well, but you know what? I think you just try things because that's, yeah. that's the thing is some things will hit. I think we spend too much time. I'm guilty of this, of doing what we think is the perfect post. Like we overthink <laughs> it. Like, okay, this is, this is going to be great. But really, there's sometimes where you just have to throw it out there and just see what happens. Because let's admit it, right? As owners, um, you know, of a small business, you don't know what people are going to like, you know, attach to and say, "Wow, that's cool!" And then all of a sudden, you've got an idea without you really even realizing it. Right. And yeah. I think you know we've discussed a little bit about being more open-ended. So somebody. Mm -hmm. will one of my followers may really love one thing and not like another and another person may love this different idea so yeah maybe it's just kind of throwing it all out there and just having fun yeah well and it seems for you like the holidays are big too and i saw recently like you were able to have your own party which is probably a rarity where i think it was like christmas in july kind of thing it's kind of nice you get to plan your own party but then get to enjoy it Yes. So that was good. My husband's a firefighter and, um, we love firefighters, fire family. Yes, we uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we, uh, the, there was a delay. They weren't able to celebrate Christmas during that time. Um, and so I thought, oh yeah, let's do, um, let's do a Christmas in July party. And it turned out so cool. Everyone had so much fun and, um, it was nice to swim and have some drinks. It was great. And, yeah, and who doesn't love Christmas trees all around? I don't know. Exactly. Especially in July, right? You know? Right. But that's yeah. the thing. It's just like, that's something you would remember. It's all about the details. So yeah. I've mentioned like, you know, different types of parties that you've done, but are there any that stick out for you? Like you, you've already mentioned, you know, the golden Lego shark. So that's great. I like that in itself. I think people would remember, but are there some others that like stick out to you? Like, you're like, Oh, that was a pretty cool idea. Whether it was something that was drummed up by the person who hired you or by yourself. Hmm. Um, I feel like each party I do, I always think it's my favorite. It's Great. so bad. I'm working on it and I'm like creating some sign yeah. or a cake topper or something. And, and then I'm like, oh, this came together so great. So cute. I love it. This is my favorite. So I don't know. I have a hard time with that. I like them all. I mean, that's okay. Course, There's nothing wrong with that. Some more than others, but mm -hmm. I think that just kind of comes with the journey too. Like as I get better and I hone in on my skills, um, or I get like more creative Liberty, then I just feel like I get better and better. And so as we go along, it just becomes, you know, more and more fun. Okay. So I'm just going to ask some behind the scenes question. And that would okay. be like, what, how do you purchase your stuff? Like how, 
How does that work? I could do a theme party and you're going to purchase. And I imagine I'm going to guess you're not, you're not shopping from the dollar store. Like you're really trying to, and maybe there are some things that work from the dollar store, but I'm just curious about that. Well, every once in a while, I do get mm -hmm. dollar store items and okay. I make them my own. So I transform mm -hmm. them, whether that's, I really love spray paint. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, okay. Or, you know, adding, adding mm -hmm. ribbons or something, you know, depending on a client's budget. So um, I think, mm -hmm. you know, you could start with something very simple and make it into something really, really cool. And not that things at the dollar store aren't really cool. Um, you can do a party on, on any budget, but... Um, so it starts out with a mood board. So I basically say, these are the products that I found and I have, you know, vendors that I work with. Um, and this is kind of like the overall look and feel. And that's, I, you know, I put everything together and I give you a visual. And so then based on that look and feel, then I go out and purchase all of those items or okay. make them myself. Okay. So people are paying for the items they have to, right? And then yes. they're going to pay for your services. Is that something that is, as far as pricing, is it individualized based on your client or do you have like set mm -hmm. things that you put in place? Because a lot of what I'm doing is so custom, it's mm -hmm. very variable. So, um, you know, my service is different than your budget for a party, you know, and I, I line item every single item so oh, wow. that they know exactly what they're spending their money on. <laughs> okay. So, um, tell me like, you know, through this being a small business owner, obviously you're in a good space. Things are good. Business is good. What have you felt outside of COVID? Because I think COVID stands alone, but what has been your biggest challenge that you've seen along the way? Ooh, myself really my self-doubt um and that kind of ties into what we were talking about with social media you know i haven't really put myself out there too much mm -hmm. um but yeah just probably doubting myself is that and amazing like you're 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 successful at what you do but yet it's still it's still there right it's still there where you're yeah. trying to get over that fear Right. And it, it is a little bit crazy because I have clients who will tell me like, you are so talented and I so appreciate you and I could never do what you do. And I just value you so much. And, um, you know, I kind of want to put a recorder on and just say, <laughs> you got to tell yourself that like, you're awesome. You're great. Like you're helping these people. This is amazing. They're feeling so thought, thought of. And, um, but yeah, I think probably I'm I'm in my own way. That might have might be the biggest challenge. That's I have a... no problems figuring things out. I love learning. Mm -hmm. I am constantly learning, and you know I'm making mistakes. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm just moving right along, learn and move forward, right? So yeah, I guess it would be like the fear or um, you know doubting myself. Okay, on the other end of the spectrum, what do you feel like is your biggest victory. And that can be an overall feeling. I kind of have an idea of where you're probably going to go with this, but when you look at kind of the body of work that you've been able to do up until this point, what do you see as your biggest victory? So my biggest victory would be, um, in my kids parties. So there's something so cool 
and maybe this just stems from my childhood. I don't know. Um, but there's something so cool about being so excited about your birthday or holiday or something. There's just the innocence of being a child and being so excited about that. But when, when I show up and I'm setting up and I really do custom stuff and cool things for these kids. And when they look at it and get so excited or squeal or like, this is amazing. This is so cool. My gosh, I love this. Or, you know, they're jumping off the walls and whatever it is. Um, I love that feeling, like the pure joy that you are bringing to this child. And I've had kind of some people ask me, you know, what, why do these over the top parties? Like why have all these details and why have, you know, elaborate cake toppers and balloons and all the things, right? Like it's the things, like why are you going overboard for a kid's birthday? And my answer has always been, it's really not about the things. It's, you know, the things are beautiful and nice and and cool. And, you know, and they also say, they're not even going to remember this. They're just kids. They're not going to remember. And I say, okay, well, it's not about the things. And and it's it's not about even remembering the things. What it's about is the feeling. And they will remember the feeling and they probably will remember the coolest thing they had at that birthday for, you know, whatever it was. Oh, I had the coolest Spider-Man, you know, sign or whatever. But even if they don't, even if they don't remember the particular thing, they will remember the feeling of being so excited and feeling so special and like they mattered and it was important and they're valued. And, um, you know, that is what really just really lights me up like the kids birthdays and or celebrations are really fun and so that's where i just i love that part i have an idea i mean my idea is is somehow getting someone who's a videographer to be able to capture those moments you just talked about like that'd be kind of a cool idea or even a reveal for a party when someone walks in kind of similar to what you see with weddings when, you know, a bride and groom get to walk into the reception area or something, but that kind of would be cool idea. So I think that's a, yeah, great description. Yeah. It's the coolest part. I mean, families walk in. I love it when they're not there during the setup Mm -hmm. because then you're like, you're talking about, they walk in and they're like, this is so amazing. And then of course the kids like for me, like just for me, my thing, you know, so it's cool. All right. So you hit it, your childhood, like, yeah. What was it within your childhood that gave you kind of these, I guess, creative forces that you are now using in your side hustle? Yeah. So in my childhood, I grew up with a, a single mom and we didn't always have the resources to have, you know, big, huge celebrations. But also the timing, I mean, like we live in a different time, right? So parties weren't what they are now. Let's be, be mm. honest. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> Ferrell's, ice cream, you know, let's go get ice cream. Yeah. I mean, you're lucky if you had a party hat, right? So, right. Um, you know, things are much different, but I, um, I always, you know, wanted you know, we go to other, other kids' parties and would want to feel like, oh, wow, that's so cool. They got to do this or that, you know? And so I always wanted to make sure like with my family or others' families that I serve that they feel, feel really special and celebrated. 
I love it, Kate. Well, hey, final word goes to you. Uh, let everyone know once again how they can find you and anything that you would like to add as a final word from the tiny details. Okay, so my website is thetinydetails.com. I'm on Instagram at the underscore tiny underscore details. And um, I'm always a phone call away, so I'm happy to give my number as well, or we can post it. Yeah, no more calls from Folsom Prison, though, please. I mean, I feel like I've gotten the worst of the worst, so what can happen now, right? (laughs) Well, it's kind of nice that they actually thought of you, you know, to maybe, I don't know. Well, anyways, we'll just leave that one alone. Oh, my goodness. Well, Kay, I really appreciate the time. Uh, Like I said, I've seen you on three occasions. And it's interesting because for a guy whose memory is very short term, like I remembered all three birthdays that you did. So I think that is very cool that you're able to do that and that you get so much joy out of it. Again, I can't stress enough. Um, go to the website, go to Kate's Instagram and just see for yourself, uh, because there's some interesting things in there that you'd be like, Oh my gosh, I never would have thought of that as being an idea for a party. And that's what Kate does. She brings those things to life. So Kate, obviously I wish you much success. You know, I'm always going to put your name out there and, uh, I appreciate you coming on. And Steve, you are such a treasure to the people that you serve in our community. And so as a mentor, I just hope that in it, in my journey, as I watch you, I just hope that I can bring the same positivity and, um, you know, hard work that you've brought to the community that you serve. So thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you, Kate. I do appreciate that. That's all I got for now, everybody. Talk to you next time. We do have another segment coming up uh, with the Banter Bros. It's a little bonus section, so stay tuned for that. But much thanks to Kate Pohl of The Tiny Details. Goodbye, everyone. Segment two in the books, and what a great time that was with Kate Pohl. Very thankful to her, and man, definitely check her out if you're planning your next party. It really gives me joy to be able to highlight these amazing entrepreneurs and small business owners that we have here in Sacramento. And don't forget, if you're listening to this program and you're sitting there and you're going, well, I'm a small business owner. Don't be afraid to reach out to me. Uh, you can do it through the website. Uh, you can email me at scbuzzard at gmail.com or just text me at 916-947-7464. I don't think there's any story that should go untold. So definitely would love to get you back in. So with that, um, I wanted to highlight our other two sponsors, R5 Stitch and Print and Pit Boss Jerky. Amazingly enough, the two stories of the owners are episode 25 and 26, starting with R5 Stitch and Print, Troy Rousey. He has a very interesting story. I'm just going to say a key word, motorcycles. Okay. So now you got to listen to it, go back in the archives, but what do they do? R5 stitch and print. Well, they specialize in screen printing and embroidery. They have a team there that will help you out in terms of planning, whether you need a logo or you just need ideas on kind of what to do. And as far as the equipment that Troy has in house to do all this work, anything is possible. I just reached out to him recently and said, Hey, I'm curious. Do you do stickers? He's all, yep. So we're going to be doing stickers for buzzer 
basketball. Very excited about that. And you can find them at r5print.com. That's on the web. Uh, you could also call them at 916-454-3773. And then there's the pit boss, Joe Green of Pit Boss Jerky. Again, episode 26. If you would like to order the best beef jerky ever. That's right. And I, I'm not just saying that because he's a sponsor. It is the truth, okay? You're going to call this number, 916-769-6807. What that's going to do is put you in touch with Joe Green. Here are the flavors. So it's not one, there's not two, there's not three, there's not even five or ten. There's 13 flavors. Just a couple months ago, 13 flavor made its debut. It's called White Bulls Barbecue. A month or so before that, we had our flavor. That's right. Experience the Buzz has its own flavor. Joe even let me in on the process so that I could be a part of it. And I tell you, it's dynamite stuff. Very popular one. You got Island Teriyaki and one of my favorites, Raspberry Apple Chipotle with nine other amazing flavors. So check it out. 916-769-6807. Okay. So our guest is taken care of, but we still have a final segment. And like we said, we're trying something brand new. We've got the Banter Bros. That's right. They were with us for the full time last week. They're coming in now. We're going to try to make it a weekly installment where we just take a segment and just hit a couple of topics. We got some fun ones today, including the Sacramento Kings, the Denver Nuggets, and we'll tell you why that is. And then we talk Marvel and Batman. That's coming your way right now. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It is the final segment, and look who's back. That's right. The Banter Bros. Why? Because as we told you in the beginning of the show, we are actually going to make segment number three, or the final segment, a segment with the Banter Bros. I'm going to see how long we can keep this going. We'll keep it a little bit shorter than what you heard last week. We had some great banter last week. So let's welcome in the culprits, my sons, Tope and Max Buzzard. Tope, how you doing tonight? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having us on again. This is going to be super fun to keep this rolling. Let's get it. Uh- Absolutely. Max, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thank you. Beanie's back, Max. I love the Beanie. I love Beanie Max. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because if you look at the Banter Bros logo, that's that's what he's wearing. Yeah, very good stuff. So we are not going to waste any time. Let's go ahead and get to the headlines. Number one, concerning the capital city, Sacramento Kings have their 28th head coach in the last eight years. That's right. Mike Brown is taking over. So, man, I have gone back and forth on this in my thoughts, but I I have a take, but I'm going to save it at the end. Max, reaction, hot take. What do you got? Uh, I like it. I don't hate it. Uh, I don't love it. Uh, It just kind of sits in the middle there for me. Uh, The positive thing I took away from the hiring was – the fact that it was the person that Monty McNair wanted and not the coach that Vivek Ranadive wanted. Who, if you don't know, Vivek is the saving grace of the Sacramento Kings staying in Sacramento. But since he's kept us here, he's kind of done everything he, he can in his power to keep us out of the playoffs. Not on purpose, but because he thinks he's a basketball mind. Yeah, and Max, isn't this a case of staying in your lane? Because like you said, the thing that he's known for is that the Kings are in the capital city. 
Yeah. Now move out of the way and put the people in place that do those things that you're talking about, like putting a team together. Yeah, I mean, you hire a general manager to make basketball decisions. And Monty was hired. He's had a couple drafts. He got his Davion. He got Sabonis, which was the big trade that, you know, I think shocked some people with letting Halliburton go. But this is the first coach that McNair has been able to hire uh, himself. So uh, I think that is why I see it as positive. And last night, Mike Brown won a playoff game. So the guy has has plenty um, of success and experience. Uh, we don't quite have Steph Curry and Clay and Draymond and Jordan Poole, but it's a step in the right direction. Well, and this is a very important piece. The pedigree is there, okay? I believe his percentage, winning percentage is like 61%, which is in the top 10 all time. Uh, he has coached under the tutelage the last six years with Steve Kerr. Before that, Greg Popovich. He has coached 15 either soon-to-be or Hall of Famers now. So the pedigree is there. The, the, I guess the case is, Tof, is are we buying it? I think we could be buying it. I think there's a scenario in the future where we really love this. I think I side with Max in the sense that I'm not over the moon, but I also really don't hate it. The more I kind of let it set in, Number one, I'm really glad it's not Mark Jackson. I'm just going to put that out there. And why is that? Why? Yeah, I I think there was too much baggage coming in with some of the things that have swirled around him. I think Vivek is trying to be too much like the Warriors. He's tried to draft Steph Curry and Buddy Heald. He literally went on record saying this is the next Steph Curry. And now he's just going after the Warriors guy that was there before they became the Warriors as we know it. And so I just didn't like those surrounding facts about Mark Jackson. I like Mark Jackson. I think he's probably a halfway decent coach if he gets a job. Could he have success? Yes. But we know, us three sitting here, it's going to take someone really special to make Sacramento turn around. Yeah, And and I think Mike Brown has a pedigree. I think we could be loving Mike Brown. And that's how I'm feeling about it. I think I am now, I've, like I said, I've gone back and forth. I was with you guys. I was like, I don't love it. But then I was thinking, I was like, well, who who would be someone that if we could just grab out of the air, uh, be able to come in? Because what you have to remember, it's the situation. It's the Sacramento Kings. So it's not like Mike Brown going to another contender to be able to coach a team. And yes, he's had players in a lot of his situations. It's going to be a challenge for him. But if anybody's learned under the best, I mean, Mike Brown, to me, just based on what I've seen, I'm like, okay, he's got everything that you'd have to give him a chance. And he's taking a risk, too. I mean, he's taking a risk by coming to Sacramento, but I do love the fact he signed a four-year deal. So we're going to hopefully give him that time to make something happen and break this long playoff streak. Wouldn't you agree, Max? Yeah, 16 years. I think that's yep. too long. Way too long. Way too long. And on, okay. on Max's point, he's 12-0 and 0 in the playoffs uh, with the Warriors when Steve Kerr's either had to be out because of back or mm-hmm. COVID in this case, but... 
I mean, obviously it's a product of his environment. He's got, yeah. you know, a dynasty, so to speak, but just goes to show. I mean, he's been there at the big spots and it's great that he's, I think, sticking it out for the rest of this run. He gets all that experience and we're probably going to see the Warriors go pretty deep with the news on John Morant. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's where I'm going to stand. I think we could be loving Mike Brown. Yeah, I'm not so- going to say... We will love Mike Brown. I think we could love it. Right. So we got to give it time, right? We're going to give this one time. And and really, l- let's just do this uh, just for kicks and giggles. I mean, if there's anybody you could grab right now, like everybody was available outside of Spolstra, who we loved and talked about last week, who would you grab? Who would be that person that you would love to see coach the Sacramento Kings? That's a great question. Probably. Wow, I stumped you guys. Well, I'd probably first thought I'd say Greg Popovich. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. I was there too, Max. um, I was there too. Okay. And then, you know, like second tier. I if I'm thinking of like younger guys, it's like Taylor Jenkins, you know, Mm -hmm. with the Grizzlies. Yep. Uh. Which is not like, you know, sexy name, but pretty I, great coach that has done stuff with some, like a roster that, I don't know, I think he's made those guys better than they would be other places. The thing the thing that's funny about this question is I think about Mike Malone and Dave Yeager. That's who I was yeah. thinking. Yes, the ones yeah, that got it's, away. It's really, it's really weird. But yep. Probably Malone. More so than Jaeger. Okay, so you, now, you would that be my selection? I don't know if I'd select Malone to come back to Sacramento. I mean, I'm sure there's some pretty tough feelings there, but that's kind of where my brain goes when you ask that question, pops. Yep. So yeah, Mike <laughs> <laughs> Mike Malone was going to be my answer, the one that got away, and even before that, like Scotty Brooks, um, I thought there would be an opportunity there, and he he actually, you know, he went on. He didn't do great, but I think he was that type of coach that I think would have fit in well here. Because the other thing with Scotty Brooks having kind of a where his kids went to the school that I taught at, he actually liked Sacramento, so that that there's always that tie in as well. Okay, so number one out of the way, uh, Mike Brown. We're all in agreement that hey, we're going to give this time we think it could be great so we'll stay right there number two the mvp voting in and internationally four years in a row now two years Giannis, and now the joker gets back-to-back mvps and joel Embiid is very upset yeah i mean that's who joel is uh he's a troll um but we love him I know Max loves some Joel Embiid. He's had him on his fantasy team for like four straight years, it feels like. But um, I, yeah, the advanced stats, uh, statistically speaking, you can't really argue it. Uh, He, in all the advanced stats, Nikola Jokic was the MVP of the year. And considering with his situation, with Jamal Murray out for the whole year, Pretty amazing. Getting the Nuggets to a yeah, getting the Nuggets to a six seed, and obviously they, you know, played a Golden State team that's probably the best team in the West. They're not the three seed. Um, they're probably better. You could you could argue they're better than Phoenix and better than Memphis, and they're they're kind of showing that right now. And so yeah, they had a quick out in the playoffs, but it's a regular season award. And could we talk about that? Should it be changed? Maybe. But it's a regular season award. And so I love some Nikola Jokic. I love the Joker. Um, I think he deserves it. 
props to him and he's really one of the most fascinating players the game has ever seen he's a true unicorn yeah to me he's like um he's like a modern day version of what vladi divots was like uh, the only thing with Vlade is he wasn't really a three-point shooter. Kind of developed that later in his career. But when you saw Vlade on the court and watched him play, there was just such a uniqueness to him. And I don't know if it was kind of that international flavor. And, and Jokic just brings that and more. And he's so durable. That's what's blown me away. You look at him and you would think that he would be injured a lot more than he is. But it's the exact opposite. He's very durable. And so Denver definitely has a pot of gold uh, with Jokic there. And I don't think he's going anywhere, Max. Yeah, I mean, that'd be stupid for him <laughs> to go anywhere. But he could get a super max this offseason. I think it's like... 254 million or something like that uh but yeah you know i i feel for joel because it must be frustrating where it's like how much better can i be to be named an mvp you know and his team did well um it's kind of like last year with the vladimir guerrero jr had one of the best seasons of all time but there's a guy named Shohei Otani who did it on both sides. So kind of got screwed, you know, but that's the MVP. That's yeah. I mean, I do like that they don't shy away from giving players back to back MVPs or multiple. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully Joel gets one next year. It's got Max. The only, the only knock I would have on Joel is his durability. And I'm not going to say yeah, that's but. Yeah, That's his fault, but he did miss some games this year. Yeah, he missed some games. Some. Yeah, but, but Jokic, played. like, did it. Okay, well, you know what? I mean, let me see real quick here. Yeah, look it up. Okay. Show me the Carfax. Joel Embiid. <laughs> games played this year. I guarantee it's under 65. Joel Embiid. I mean, we're doing this. It's happening right uh, here. We're get- Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got to go. Yeah, down. I mean, you guys have any uh, – uh, you said what, Tuff? Under 65. Nope. Well, how many did he play? 68. <laughs> oh, okay. 68. And Jokic? How you many did Jokic look play? up Jokic now? That's great. Tuff just froze. We're just going to keep it rolling. Yeah, he froze. But, Dad, I think – what is. do you think for Jokic? I'm going to say Tuff? 78. Did they play full 82-game season this year? Yeah. They did, Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. I'll go, I'll 74. go 70. 74? 74. Okay. That's eight games missed. Okay. So. so six I mean, games more. Yeah, you but know. it's more of a, a a occurrence for Joel Embiid. It's it's happening year by year. And I'm not I'm not knocking him. I don't think it's his fault. But when you get to the most valuable player, you gotta be on the court. Right? 68 out of 82 is really good. Yeah, but I don't know. I just... We're, it's, that's we're talking what, about this year, Tove. I know. MVP I know. doesn't consider other seasons. I'm not, not... I know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that Jokic, durable. A bull. He's been there. And he was there more games than, than uh, Embiid this year. By six games. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a week. That's over a week's worth of games. All right. 
All right, so there you have it. It, It's the hot take on uh, Jokic and Embiid. Jokic getting the nod for uh, a back-to-back MVP performance of the NBA. So that is hot take number two. Now, we would mention NBA playoffs, but we've only had a week gone by. Not much has changed. You heard Toph mention the injury to John Morant. Absolutely huge and will probably decimate Memphis and uh, allow Golden State to move on. you got a tight-knit thing going on between Phoenix and Dallas. That game is actually going on as we speak. And then on the other side... Phoenix blowing out. They are. Okay, so we feel feel pretty good. And then on the the Eastern Conference side, uh, Celtics, my number six seed, kind of... Yeah, I mean, that has aged terribly. The Bucks are up 3-2 now, right? No. Or is two, two, two. two yeah two, it is two, two. yeah so and then boston and then again. philadelphia sixers are they're good right they're three, yeah, three two, two. Heat absolutely yeah. heat, the heat absolutely decimated them 120 to 85 yeah. all right so obviously we'll tackle oh, we'll tackle this topic next week when we should have the you know final set in the western eastern conference so let's get to our final subject and that is nothing related to sports uh, we had a fresh take last week on our top TV benches. Um, unfortunately, we caught Toph off guard, but he was able to give some good take on Stranger Things. So this time, I made sure that the boys knew what we were going to talk about. And I will just say, this has been a hot topic in our household. And I know in the group chat, of which the Banter Bros has come about, and that is this. Marvel versus Batman. Who would like to start? Okay, let's... Dad, can we just clear some things Please. up here? So, so Marvel is a cinematic universe. Batman is a part of DC, which is also a cinematic universe. So, we're kind of... There's kind of two... I wouldn't say it's like Marvel versus Batman. I would just say it's... Marvel, let's talk about that. I know we have some different takes within the three of us. And then let's talk about the new Batman movie. I know we have some different takes. So I just wanted to clarify that. It is it is a, hey, Marvel and that whole cinematic universe versus Batman, which is a part of DC. We're not quite going into the full Marvel versus DC, but we're, we're bringing all those things to light. So Okay, so I'll just start out because I feel like I'm kind of the middle of the road guy. Max represents one side. You represent the other side. So I will say this. I mean, with the Marvel thing, when, Toph, you introduced the fact that, you know, there's a timeline. I didn't realize that there was a timeline and Easter eggs, which I know Max hates that phrase, the little Easter eggs at the end. But once I started watching the movies in a timeline, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool that they were able to jump especially in years and everything seemed to go together. So I will give that credit. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to steal too much away from Max, so I won't. So I'll just kind of leave the next thought about how the movies are portrayed to Max. As far as Batman, what I appreciate about Batman is it kind of stands alone and it really has morphed into, I think something that is just, like you can't even describe because when you go back to the first Batman's and then you come to the one that is currently out, there's, there's almost no comparison. And so I don't know if it's because they've gotten deeper and they've gotten darker, but they definitely seem darker to me, but I had no problem with them. So 
I think, Max, maybe we should start with why do you love the Batman series? Like, just talk about that first. Um, I mean, I love Batman. I He's just my favorite superhero uh, for the reason of he's, I mean, he's not a normal person and that I can relate to his backstory or anything, but he doesn't have like a superpower. He doesn't like have super strength. He can, he does. There are things that he can use to give him super strength, which you see in the new Batman, um, like this green serum that he had. Uh, but you know, I don't want to spoil <laughs> too much, but um, anyways, it's been out the, for a while. It's all good. Anyways, the Batman, uh, I don't know. I grew up watching Batman a lot more than what was. Okay, it was Batman and Spider-Man. But the Spider-Mans back in the day, I loved a lot more. And I didn't even know about the Marvel Universe or whatever. Um, And then Batman, The Dark Knight, is my favorite movie ever. I love Heath Ledger as the Joker. Uh, I like Christian Bale's Batman. Um, I don't know. I just, I just got really into that movie, and then the one with Bane, uh, The Dark Knight. My Rises, name is Bane. Batman be- <laughs> oh my gosh, Clip that one. <laughs> but you know, so I, I, I love. I love those Batmans and I just kind of, when I really like something, I don't, you know, I I like the seriousness of it and stuff. Um, Yeah. So you have any other questions? No, 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 no. Can we get things very clear here? I love the Batman movies that I have no bone to pick like dark Knight. That is an amazing film. Like, there is no debating that. And I'm not on the, the team that Batman sucks. I am on the, squ- the squad of the newest Batman wasn't that great. I wanted more from it. I expected more. Now, here's a point. Max brought this up at some point when we were talking about this. The first Batman with Christian Bale, it wasn't like, you know... Over the moon, everybody was obsessed with it. So maybe Robert Pattinson, maybe he has some time to grow. And then it can morph into something really great, which I know they're going to continue this series. So I'm open to it. That is just, I expected more from the young man. Okay, can I ask this, Max? Do you think it was an artistic thing? Because what threw me off was him as Bruce Wayne. Because to me, Bruce Wayne is... Clean cut, you know, you have that, that image has stayed with me for years and I couldn't, that was the only thing I couldn't attach to was, okay, why is he looking like he might be someone who's not Batman? He could be the Joker or the Riddler and stuff. Do you think that was just an artistic thing? No, I think they're just going based on the comic books and before Bruce became, you know, the businessman or whatever the confident guy he was kind of you know secluded to himself and 
yep. emotional, and see, you know. And see, and I think that, that's kind of hard. You know, that's hard too because you bring up a good point. It's where we are based in time. So it's not always like moving forward. It's like you're always getting drawn back. And that's yeah. why like the Joker, just that movie itself was great because it was the entire backstory on the Joker. And that was, that was so well done. So let's, let's move over to Marvel. Okay. Because Tope, I appreciate that. Yeah. You're not hating on Batman, but the dilemma comes up between the two boys. when we start talking about Marvel and I think in particular, very heated discussion about Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. The new Spider-Man. Yes. Let's make that clear. Max loves the old Spider-Mans. I am in the camp that I think Tom Holland the new Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man ever. And I know that brings about a lot of different reactions, not just from Max, but from a lot of fans out there. The reason why I love Tom Holland and the reason why I think he is the best Spider-Man is because I believe he is the correct portrayal of what Spider-Man is supposed to be. The friendly neighborhood kid. That's just a kid that gets these superpowers, doesn't really know what to do with them, and has to learn how to use them. And I think that's the great portrayal of Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And so that's that with Spider-Man for me. I love Tom Holland. I'm going to vote him above, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. I think Tobey Maguire is cringy when looking back upon it. I loved those movies. Green Goblin, Sandman wonderful doc ock great villains toby mcguire cringe guy other andrew garfield close number two to tom holland but i think tom holland's number one now as far as marvel goes this is where i think the conversation goes awry for max and myself is this all of our conversations and debates around Marvel, I'm not going to sit here and claim like I read Marvel comics and I'm this like Marvel Homer that every movie needs to be exactly how the comics are. And I'm not that guy. Okay. You're not that guy, pal. I'm not that guy, pal. This is the thing. I think where me and Max go in separate directions is I appreciate the cinematic universe and how everything ties together. Max, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think you want like really good standalone movies that you can just watch and be like, oh, that was a dope movie. Now, I do think they're great movies. Most of them. Not all of them. I'm not going to sit here and say all Marvel movies are great. But I think where Max and I head off fork in the road is all of our debates come down to, well, Max, you didn't watch this movie or you didn't have a full grasp of this movie, so you don't get the full picture of why everything matters in that film. Max. Take <laughs> the yeah. I just find <laughs> issues in that because yeah. Like why? <laughs> like I don't, because yeah, you th shouldn't that's have, fine. that's fine. <laughs> no, I don't like it, man. I don't like that. A movie can be so subpar, but it's not great because I didn't watch the movie before it. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. A movie should never be subpar. If I'm not saying they're subpar, though. But there's a lot of subpar out there in the <laughs> Marvel-verse. And why are they all friends with each other? Well, they're not. Why do they all they know a... each other? Max, they have they a civil war. It. 
But why? Have you seen the movie Civil War? They fight. I've, I've seen that one where he snaps his fingers and they all die. Yeah, that's the villain, Thanos. That's not. Yeah, but he has his posse, and then there's the other posse. Why are they teaming up? For what? To save no, the Thanos, world? No, okay. But then they don't the even. Map. No, but they didn't even save it. They Half the people die. No, but they were able to save it and bring it back. They were. They brought back everything? Uh, yeah, mostly. See, that's stupid to me. <laughs> that's right. just like, oh, here we go. We're going to make more money by making 38,000 more movies after okay. we killed off half okay. the population. There's a There's a side to that. And like we've talked about, it's not just Marvel that owns some of these films. Sony is also involved. And I'm not going to sit here and say there's not cash grabs. They make movies just to put them out. It's a cash grab. It's not great content. Like Morbius, for example. Morbius is like a Sony film connected to Marvel. I didn't see it, but I know it's trash. And I'm not going to see it. See, but, but that's I just think the, the core that... films, you know, the Iron Mans, Spider-Mans, Captain America, those, that is where my bread is buttered. I have to say, Spider-Man Homecoming was one of the most unwatchable films I've ever seen. <laughs> Everyone, you know, opinions and I are like have to go. Everyone's going. I have to go. Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland. Yeah, I mean, it's flipped. It's yeah, Tom, I, I have to say, I, that was the only thing I was blown away, was there were four of us that were watching that movie, and I, I'm, I'm just full transparency. We were looking at each other like, is this going to get better, or is it is it this bad? And it was that it was that bad. And it was just weird that you were so loving Tom Holland because I just didn't see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I mean, why didn't you like oh. the film? <laughs> For me, I can't see a world in where he's good at what he does. Spider-Man. His, yeah. I mean, it's his first. How movie. does he jump from? No, no, no. Not him, the actor, like the superhero. No, no, no. How That's does he saying. jump from can't do anything to Hall of Fame? Real quick. I don't get it. Because he's learning how to but, be but a superhero. I mean, can you it, learn? Like, you love character arcs in other movies. Like, no, no, no. people wait, that wait, learn wait. how to be good at what they do. Wait. Something that threw me off, though, was that Dad said they watched the movie before that. It was like... Um, yes, where they drag him in. Yeah, yeah. Iron Man drags him called? in. Uh, that no, isn't it? No, like it wasn't Iron Man. It was like it not... was Avengers. I think. I believe it was one of the Avengers movie. No, it's oh it's Captain America. Captain okay, America. and and there's a fight at the end, and yeah. it was Civil War. Okay, it was Civil War. <laughs> yeah, so he gets Civil dragged War. in it's by Civil Iron Man. And Dad yes. didn't. Didn't you say he like he does that? really good in that? He yeah, he, he does. does something. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he doing really So why did he revert in Homecoming to be able to do nothing? I mean, I think your take of doing nothing is a little harsh. He literally was like running into buses and stuff. <laughs> like it was weird. I couldn't understand it. It was like does he even know 
what his superhero name is? Like, and why is he wearing the pant, like the pant, <laughs> the sweatpant fit when he had the actual <laughs> costume? This, you, that, we've already talked about this. It's just a bone to pick. You guys have the bone to pick. Not saying okay. it's an incorrect bone to pick, but you have a, you have a bone to pick with his development okay. as a character. Okay, yeah, I do. And that's, folks, that's where we land. That is your segment with the banter bros, Toph and Max Buzzard. Uh, final word, Toph Buzzard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go Kings. <laughs> Max. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, breaking news during our podcast, uh, someone threw a no-hitter in the MLB. Wow. Wow. Reed Detmers of the Los Angeles Angels. Wow. They are apparently the greatest team this year. And, uh, yeah, so pretty cool stuff. Okay, so we'll have some more hot takes next week. Again, we hit it all, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And we'll come back with a final word. All right, so there you have it, uh, a new kind of looking episode. Great story told by Kate Pohl, The Tiny Details. Again, check her out, thetinydetails.com. If you're planning a party, she is definitely the person to go to. And then, of course, we threw in a segment of the Banter Bros, something we're going to try to do on a weekly basis, just hitting a couple of key subjects and having a little fun there. So now you got variety. You've got the guests. you got the Banter Bros, and we'll just keep working from there. Of course, we've got more guests lined up for you and we just appreciate you being on board as a listener whether it be through the audio end or the video end on youtube we just want to say thank you so that's all i got for now talk to you next time goodbye everyone thank you for joining steve this week on experience the buzz steve would love to hear from you leave a review or contact steve directly with any questions at scbuzzard at gmail.com to see the other adventures of steve buzzard be sure to visit buzzardball.com.